lately on TV, they've been giving batches of franchises. Like the other day, I was flipping between a Friday the 13th, you know, playlist pretty much on, I think it was AMC or something. And then a Nightmare on Elm Street playlist on sci-fi. It was fucking great. Um, uh, and I know you, my man, binged on some on some awesome Craven stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they showed uh, the Scream trilogy <laughs> recently. So now I'm feeling that because uh, not that we, we didn't get part four. This so was kind of a rip. Part four is my favorite. But uh, how many um how many are there again in the in the franchise? There's four, and four is like you know how they're all meta. Four is the like the reboot kind of critique, but get, with with uh, Sydney though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a play on like sequel reboots, you know, like the Creed and like the the ones that are meant to start like a new trilogy. Yes, and. It's it's kind of and that's where Emma Roberts comes in and that's where I like first saw her like I was like oh Emma Roberts is great it's when she's trying to be like the new Sydney you know I remember Scream when yes. uh, it first came out what year was it I was fucking back in like ninety uh, seven yeah it was like ninety six ninety seven right yeah. yeah and um I remember watching it on pay per view man. And it was cool, man. I definitely dug it. It was uh, made for our generation. Oh, it was, definitely. It was made for our senses and made for our mentality at the time. You know, it had uh, the neighborhood sweetheart, Nev Campbell, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of wild uh, looking back on the cast of these movies. Right. Uh, like, I was watching part two and Timothy Oliphant's in it. Uh, like just randomly, uh, por- Frick, por- Frick, portion of Rossi's in it. Cotton Weary, yeah. you know, yeah, it's freaking like- Ray Donovan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ray Donovan's in it, and he's good. Like, yeah, dude, he's good. Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, yeah, who is she dating in that movie? Drew Barrymore was in there one time, right? Yeah, Drew Barrymore is in Scream, and. Her thing was, like, she went out, like, psycho style, where it's, like, uh, you thought she was going to be, like, this main character. Yeah. And, uh, she get she's the first one killed. Yes. And Scream was, it was meta. It was, it's that disinterested 90s vibe that we were talking about with the, um, we were talking about with, like, the faculty and disturbing behavior. It's that, like, you were mentioning, like, the MTV generation of yeah. the, like, oh, we're a little beyond slasher movies. They're played out. And let's let's poke at that the fact that we know that they're played out. Yeah, then, and the rules of staying alive in a slasher movie, thanks to Jamie yeah. Kennedy's character. You know, <laughs> just the whole movie, pretty much just telling you like all the laws of a horror movie and how to stay alive yeah. one by one. So, but then like it follows the tropes at the same time, and it's it's good. Like it's just a good balance of that, and each one was like a little bit more of a parody. Or not parody, it's, it's, I forget the word, it's like pastiche or something like that, where it's like, it's a critique of, of the formula each time. And part four is my favorite because Nev, uh, Nev Campbell was, Sydney was essentially like a superhuman at that point. You know, like she's the super final girl, like the Sigourney Weaver type. Yeah. And where she's just like a total badass and she's just like kicking the new ghost face and like, the new ghost faces are trying to reboot the franchise. So it's like a, and then there's a really good scene with Hayden Panettiere where, um, he's like quizzing her about like reboots 
and she like mentions like uh, I think it was like thirty something <laughs> reboot titles. Remember when she's on the phone and she's like yelling them? Oh uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I vaguely remember that, but I do remember that. That that's what I'm saying. Like I like that stuff. That stuff's always been fun for me. Uh, it just I like meta, and Scream was always really good at that. Uh, it's, that's why it's one of my. It's probably it's like my Halloween. You know. No, no, like uh, I definitely understand. I'm just thinking about the the original movie, right? Um, in terms of um, just refresh my memory. Like I know in the original movie, for example, we have a uh, th- the two guys. We have Skeet Ulrich and um, mm-hmm. and what's his name, Shaggy, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who I think uh, yeah, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, that yeah. twist, man. That twist when I saw that unfold, it was like whoa. That was really mind blowing to kind of like be on a level where you can like understand and grasp that, you know, it, it's not like it, if, for instance, it, it's like a parent back in the day watching, right. you know, Freddy Krueger when it first came out or something, you know, or uh, watching Halloween when it first came out. Like when you found out that these two guys were the two killers, right? Like they were yeah. the one killer just going back and forth with this whole plan. It, it was it was really like, holy shit, like, it really opened up the whole strategic killer angle, honestly, because that was a full plan, and it was... Yeah. It was really cool, and I think Matthew Lillard, in, when he gets stabbed, is uh, that's his my favorite acting moment of Matthew Lillard. When he gets stabbed, and he goes like, Billy, like, you went too deep, Billy. You went too fucking deep, Billy. I'm fucking dying, Billy. I'm dying. Like, and, like, that always stuck with me because it was just so good. Um, and just the reasoning behind it just, it showed how crazy these fucking guys are, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it was really it cool. It was wild, dude. Yeah, it's such a, they were, they were such a compelling, like, psychopath. You know, yes. just, yeah, yep. they were so like the. It, it's got like this infectious energy, and it and you can follow. You can follow like the monologue. You know, yeah. like it's so good. It's it, just it so well written. Like um, Kevin Williamson, dude. Oh, that's so good. It, it was a little bit um thinking about it now in retrospect. It's uh, th- I'm talking about the first scream, the original one. Uh, right, right. Did Craven direct the others? Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. It's Williamson and Craven. Like they, they just. I don't know. It, they did. Yeah, they did all. Uh, so yeah. it just seems, in retrospect, that the story of Scream was a little ahead of its time, man. Like, yes, right. it was catered to that kind of time, but it was meant for this kind of audience. This, oh, yeah. uh, this quote unquote woke audience, you know? Um, yeah, the, the internet audience. Yes. Where, yeah, exactly. It was like it, everyone, like, including us, will sit here and, like, analyze things. Yes. You know? That was an internet movie before the internet got big, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was when uh, the pre internet, what, when it was all video, you know, like right. everyone and their handheld and taking pictures and taking videos right before the internet got big and shit like that. But it was very, um, thinking about it now ahead of its time in terms of how the story unfolded and how like psychologically deep the, the antagonist was in that movie yeah. where yeah. he took this girl's virginity, you know, after all that, <laughs> right. He took yeah. the, this girl's virginity cause Sydney trusted this dude and he and Lillard uh, concocted uh, this, this plan where it, it, 
it was perfect, you know? It's like, oh, how can I be this guy if he just stabbed me after we, you know, had sex over here? It was uh, it was very smart um, and very planned out, uh, very well written, and it was very tight written. Like, yeah, the whole true. movie was very tight, you know? Like, yeah. there were no, like, loopholes because it was... It, if there was a loophole, it was meant to be there because of the satire, you know? But it was dope, man. Thinking about it now, it was... I respect it more now that, than I did back then. Because back then, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to look at some boobs and some blood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... But I, now, you actually, like, look into it, and you analyze the story more, and you're like, oh, this yeah. is fucking... This is super dope, man. Yeah, it's one of those... It's one of those films... Uh, like the original one, especially where it's every time I see it, I, I see it in a new way. And you know, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, oh yeah, it's this thing and this thing and this thing. And I'm just, yeah, you know, yeah, and, that's I just did that just now. I just, yeah. I was like, holy shit, man, that movie is actually pretty fucking good, you know? Yeah, like it's got a lot to say, and it's you know. And if you just watch it on, like, at, even at face value, it's still just a solid slasher. And then you just get these layers underneath. It's like a really good lasagna. You know? <laughs> speaking, speaking of a really good lasagna, welcome, ladies and gents, to uh, episode 10 of The Morgue, the That's official right. Corpse Feed podcast. Uh, with me is uh, Big Tex. How you doing, man? Howdy, everybody. Of comicbook.com, of course. And uh, myself, Arturo Padilla, uh, the guy behind the face. And uh, we were talking about lasagnas, right? And how tasty, how tasty lasagnas are and how layered they are. And, uh, and I had the, the pleasure of watching uh, a very good layered movie this evening. And uh, that was Dr. Sleep. Um, I was able to catch that uh, Fandango email where it said, oh, we have an early screening. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit. This, if I watch it now, I don't have to watch it later. Uh, so um, I watched it, and it was really dope. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, surprised how good it turned out to be, man. Um, but, of course, at the end when the movie rolled, it said, directed by Mike Flanagan. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay. that's right. Okay. Yeah, because I, I remember we had, like, a good Mike Flanagan conversation Yes, before. we did have a good Mike Flanagan conversation. And, and, then I, and then I was like, oh, it all made sense why this was so good. Okay. Because <laughs> we, we did uh, – you did mention, too, where it's like this, this was, like, a make or break for him. It really is because this is big Hollywood money, you know? Yeah, and it's his first, like, real adaptation, isn't it? Like, he's Uh, done. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's done original films before this. Yeah, he's done his old stuff. He's done, um, uh, I'm sorry, his his own stuff. Yes. um, And he's done his, um, uh, the Ouija, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. The Ouija movie. Ouija 2. Yeah. Which was really good. Um, and he has done the, the stuff for Netflix. Gerald's Game. He did uh, um, Haunting Hush. at Hill House, right? Wait, no, uh, it wasn't Hush. Uh, it was... Hush, yeah. He yeah, it Hush. was Hush. Okay. He did, he did the very good Hush. Um, he did... Um, yeah, I think uh, that's about Just it. a but very solid collection of... Like, a and, very solid resume of movies. Um, yeah, and they're and all still, hits. Yeah, it's surprising that they're all hits. They're That's all funny. hits. And yeah. and this is why we spoke about it last time when we did have this conversation that I was afraid that uh, having this big money presence behind them might 
kind of um, affect the way the outcome of the movie was, and right. it uh, it didn't, it didn't, and I'm really I'm really happy about that. So the movie, let me just not spoil it and give you a nice little like package summary. It's it's pretty simple. It's like this group of soul eaters, pretty much, are um, just roaming the country, um, eating souls to stay alive and live longer. I call them souls because I don't want to give too much away, but uh, you get the gist of it. So they're, they're sucking souls and eating souls to stay lo- um, alive longer. And they're roaming the country and, and looking for people who have this shining gift. And oh, yeah, okay. so they're tracking down everyone who has this shining gift and they suck out their life force, you know, pretty much. Um, and uh, they live longer. It's pretty fucking dope. Like the trailers for sure give no um no idea as to what to to expect with this movie. And it was really dope to actually be surprised by everything and and pleasantly surprised by everything, especially the antagonist. Like it was very cool to watch um this group. It was like a group of gypsies, dude, just traveling the country, sucking down souls and living like a long ass life. It was really dope. Okay, so that explains yeah why in the trailer it kind of looked like a superhero movie yes okay yes um so then uh what happens is fantastical and actiony exactly so they find uh they're able to 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 track down this girl right who's like has this super shining right so she's she shines so bright that they can't that they tracked her all the way from, from across the country you know that the little girl was able to kind of she that little girl was so powerful. She was able to kind of, you know, project her presence across the country so okay. they can feel her on the opposite end, you know? And that's what brought the whole conflict upon there. Like, oh, we found this girl who has this life force and blah, blah, blah. We got to go get her. Um, and uh, she befriends Danny Torrance, which is the kid from The Shining. Um, and they have to just kind of band together to fight this group of people. Uh, that's pretty much it, honestly, and and it's really simple. Uh, it's a really simple story that can get really complicated, but of course, m- the writing of Mike Flanagan, um, and their uh and their filmmaker partners over there managed to kind of make this movie very entertaining. Um, it was very cool. It seemed like a more of an actiony kind of movie than anything else you were cheering for the good guy to kill the bad guy and shit like that. It was really dope, man. So. How much of the original Shining would someone need to like, well, follow this? Well, they actually do a very good job because the movie begins with um, what happens with uh, Danny and um, his mom. So okay. they cast, yeah, it's cool. They did um, this with flashbacks and stuff like that. They casted these actors that kind of look like um, you know Jack Nicholson and um, you know, and what's your name? Uh, uh. I forgot like her name. Uh, Shelly Shelley something, right? Shelley yes, Long. Yes, yeah. No, something. not Shelly Long, but Shelly something. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> they cast these actors that actually play their roles like back then. So the movie begins with Danny still uh, uh, still like a little boy. His mom and him are living in Florida like after everything happened in The Shining. Shelly Duvall. Okay, there, there you go. Yeah, so... <laughs> They casted an actress that kind of looks like and sounds like Shelley Duvall. Like she's playing her character pretty much, you know, which is pretty wow, cool. Wow, okay. Yeah, it, it's pretty neat. I was like, oh, that's cool. It, it took some time to get used to, um, especially with the Jack Nicholson character because you knew it wasn't Jack, you know. Um, uh, but, it, you know, it, that threw me a little off, but 
I got it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. So the, the, the movie pretty much, it takes you right after The Shining happened and it takes you from there. So you really don't need a backstory and they fill you in where they have to, but there's no, you don't have to know everything that happened in the first one at all. Because if they, if you need to know it, it's brought back somehow in a flashback or, um, in a certain scene or something you know what i mean um so right. it's very well done in that aspect because it uh, you know there's we we've said it before the shining was very long it was a very long movie yes yeah, it, yeah it, it was good but it was it dragged and it was just very d- draggy <laughs> you know yeah, it's one of those movies where you more like the idea of it than the actual thing i I do anyway. Yeah, like, but you know what's funny? I like funny? a lot of its images. I like a lot of its ideas. What's funny about that is that they take that same thought process, the, the idea of The Shining, okay. and they throw it into this movie, which is great because they bring back um, the Overlook Hotel is back in the picture. And there's um, certain scenes and aspects from The First Shining th- th- that they bring back in a homage way and in a very like direct okay. way affecting the story. Um, so it uh, you you get a sense of like oh that's the cool things of the shining you know what i mean so right. it brings a sense of of um a more of a, a reverence and respect to the original you're like oh shit that's why the original was so cool you know uh it, it, it takes the cool aspects of the shining it trims all the fat pretty much you know nice okay. um, yeah and it, it throws it back into the movie um in a way that's um weaved into the story so it was very well done and um there's some awesome gore in this movie by the way oh wow um, then see that's something I didn't expect. Yeah, there's some very cool gore. There's not like a lot, a lot of it like that. But when you get it, dude, oh man, you fucking get it. It's awesome. Nice. Um, okay. You remember Gerald's game? Yes. You remember that scene with the hand? Ooh. Okay. Yes. So there's something like that so in this movie. That's a good gore. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, there's one scene. There's one kill scene that I don't want to give away because um, it's just fucking great. But I'll, I'll tell you after we stop recording if you want to nice. know. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> but uh, that scene, dude, it's like I can't believe they did that kind of shit. And it was great. Um, it's cool, too. These um, these gypsies are kind of like like vampires. You know what I mean? Okay. Because they, um, they suck that life force. So the, the the life force is like a smoke. So this is why like in the trailer, you see like them breathing in a smoke or something like that. Um, okay. That's the life force you know so it's cool when they um have a kill they um like they're like a ravenous pack of wolves to this like smoke it's pretty awesome the way they film it it's dope and uh there's certain scenes where one of when these uh type of like soul sucking characters kind of die they have a sweet really kill transition because they've lived for so long so like you know they like Fast forward the decomposition of the body and shit like that. Oh, um, and cool. it's a very good job of CG mixed with some practical effects, which are pretty gnarly. Um, I was very impressed by that. I was like, uh, I, it, it was very good, man. It was good. Wow. See, Mike Flanagan, man. Mike like, fucking he, Flanagan, man. <laughs> dude, he did it again. Yeah, wow. dude. I'm giving it a nine. Oh, um, okay, uh, so uh, yeah. pay for it, wait for it, or stay away from it. 
I'd pay for it. It was a fun movie to watch, man. Um, and it's like two over two hours long. It didn't really seem like it. I was, it, you know, why? Because it had that actiony vibe. So, oh, like, so, so everything was happening. It just kept yes, going. Yes, okay. exactly. So I was like, oh shit! So, so this happened. So we had to do this, and we had to go there, and we had to do it. It yep. was really cool. And, you know, Arturo, um, that that goes back to what uh, what you were originally saying, where horror is starting to incorporate more action elements. Yes, exactly. Okay. And and you know what too. Um, uh, they do some really cool effects with the scene and settings and stuff like that that I was really impressed. Um, there's this one scene where one of the gypsies is like kind of uh, meditating and then you see her like in the clouds flying over like the sky and shit. And it was just really oh, cool. Okay. Um, awesome. th- there's some really cool t- techniques used in this movie film-wise that um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, add a little spice to every uh, sequence that they uh, um, execute well in, you know? Um, And I was very impressed. It was a very good movie. I I highly recommend Dr. Sleep, man. It was dope. Yeah, but Dr. Sleep sounds dope. Like, uh, I'm so glad that Mike Flanagan gets to keep his streak, man. Wow. Yeah, dude, he's uh, he's up. He's and one running. to watch. He's one to watch now, right? He's the powerhouse right now. Okay. Um, wow. Because his main focus has always been horror. If you think about it, James Wan was a powerhouse, but he's you know gone to other endeavors and stuff like that. Right. But, but Flanagan has always tried to um, stay in his roots and improve himself in his roots um, to make a better film every single time he he actually makes one. Um, so that is total kudos. I can't think of any director that has a streak like that um, in recent memory, honestly. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, and then he did this one, he did this one. Yeah, because even uh, uh, um, even Christopher Nolan has Dark Knight Rises, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, even he has a lemon, you know. <laughs> most, most directors do have a lemon. Like, that's just a thing. It's a given, you know. You know, because no, no one's perfect, but, you know, cool. At least he gets to delay it for another film. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm just glad it wasn't for a big a big film like this. Um, yeah. Because, you know, they're going to pimp out that shining marketing um, as much as they can. That pattern, that tiling pattern of the hotel, you know, carpet, um, uh, like all that shit. They're going to try and pimp the hell out of this shit. So I'm just glad it was really good. 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 Um, uh, but uh, speaking of uh, Shining, um, uh, let's talk about some Stephen King, man. What's your uh, favorite Stephen King movie? Okay, so if we're talking straight horror, then uh, Cujo. Yeah, uh, dude, I remember Cujo. The one scene in particular is when they're hanging out. Not ha- well, <laughs> not really hanging out. <laughs> But they're, they're trying to stay alive in their car, yeah. um, and they can't move because the fucking dog is outside. Yeah. And it's, that's scary shit. It's an iconic image for yeah. me, especially because I saw it at a young age, and it's one of those images that just, it doesn't, it doesn't scare me, but it's just one of those where I'm like, I'm always going to remember it. I'm always going to remember it. It's a flashbulb memory. It's but but you know what, though, too? You know what? They use that fear in the Sandlot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, every uh, every time I think about that image, I remember exactly where I was like the first time I saw it. It's one of those where it's like it's in my brain. And and if we're talking like the non-horror stuff, the Running Man. Yeah, the Running Man is is um is 
pretty fucking great. I love that movie. Yeah, the the short story's great and the movie's great. Like it's ah, uh, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was totally what? surprised to see that it was um, a Stephen King um adaptation. But yeah, like there's there's a lot of non horror stuff that I like too, like uh, the Stand by Me, which is adapted from his. That's uh, right. That's I, right. That's I, also I, fucking Stephen King. Yeah, I forget. It's like Four Boys in a Lake or something. <laughs> I, I'm so glad they changed the title of that. That would have been terrible. Oh, welcome. Oh, guys, I can't wait to see Four Boys in a Lake. <laughs> I I'm like completely off in terms of like the the actual title of the book, but then, it sounds yeah. about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> there's uh, there's like Shawshank Redemption, there's- dude. Um, Shawshank Redemption is one of my utmost uh, favorite movies. It's a good movie. Um, it's in the top five for sure. Yeah, and then you go, you got Thinner, you got Green Mile, you got Misery, uh, Children of the Corn. There's Carrie. There's uh, Pet Cemetery. There's Christine, and then and then you got the ones like he directed himself when he was like. All up in, um, I I don't want to do allegedly that he was allegedly you know uh, snorting some of that coke. Oh, he, he was all coked <laughs> out, right? Yeah, you allegedly know, coked out. Yeah. Stephen King liked to party. You know, it's it's not wrong with that. You know, yeah. back in the day, you know, but he's a grown man, but responsibilities. It's given, yeah, that's when he liked to party, and it's when Stephen King liked to party, and it was Maximum Overdrive. Uh, I love it though. <laughs> I love Maximum. Yeah, that yeah, that's the one with the fucking with the ho- oh, with the Green Goblin, uh, yeah. with the Green Goblin truck, right? And then it had the vending machine that killed people. And it had Emilio Estevez too, right? Emilio. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like Firestarter, Salem's Lot. He's done a lot. He's and, done a lot. Um, uh, or yeah, he's written a lot of books, and his movies are, I guess, hit and miss, right? The the. The adaptations of his books. Yeah, because um, there's so many of them. It just seems like everybody's right. adapting a Stephen King novel. Um, one of my favorites um, has to be Carrie. Um, right. That story is, is is pretty great. You know, it's uh, it's a, a stereotypical bully story, but you add that with some, you know, the parental abuse religious abuse and all that stuff you throw that into there into this crazy story that culminates in this intense scene um at a prom and it's just fantastic it's just a shame that uh the name carrie has been tarnished after part one everything after part one is fucking trash (laughs) but um another one that that it's also just pretty darn good is thinner in my opinion thinner thinner is thinner <laughs> That's such a good story. Um, it's really cool. It's about a, a fat dude getting a blowjob from his wife, um, and <laughs> yeah. that not turning out so well, pretty much. And uh, the gypsy knew he had to lose weight, right. so uh, he made him thin. Thin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. like uh, that's a good the- movie. The ending of that movie is just fucking crushing. <laughs> It's That's, crushing because his daughter's the first one to eat that piece of pie, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. He's like, no, Cena. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, like, they're, they're hit and miss. He's, but that's the other thing. Uh, Stephen King, you still got to give the guy his credit to no, have no, so many, like, such a wide variety of stories, you know, in his brain. 
Absolutely, 100%. Um, you definitely have to give them uh, 100% kudos for um, all those kinds of stories. Uh, the Mist was also one of them. Yeah. Um, th- um, he has these crushing endings in uh, a bunch of his movies that are just pretty fucking great. Some adaptations are not as good as others, but that's not really his fault. That's the, nope. you know that's a sign of the times, and uh, usually everyone wanted to make a, um, a horror movie that had Stephen King on it. So uh, we have to give that to the man that it's not really his fault. You remember Sleepwalkers? Yes. Or Sleepwalkers. I was like, what the fuck is that? I always, <laughs> I always, I always confused it with um, Sleepwalker from, from the comic book. You know that green guy with the purple cloak. No. <laughs> Look him up. Google him right now. Sleepwalker. Okay. <laughs> and you'll see what I'm talking about. Right, right. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but you had Sleepwalker, um, which is like, uh, he had a lot of like 90s movies and late 80s movies that uh, had a lot of poor quality to them, in my opinion. But one of my other favorites of his that's not poor quality, you should say, is uh, a Silver Bullet. I think it's over bullet because of the cast of characters and um, the right time, having the the right actors at the right time, like having a Corey Haim available and Kevin Bacon available um, in the same movie. I think also you had a Gary Busey in the movie as well. Uh, so you had a very good cast of characters to pull off this crazy werewolf story. Uh, and it was dope. Uh, I really like Silver Bullet. I, I still can't believe he did Running Man, though. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those ones where it's like the same guy wrote that story and the Shawshank Redemption. Like it's isn't that kind of wild? It's it really is if you think about it, because it's like oh, this guy wrote Pet Cemetery. You would never know, you know. Pet Cemetery. I think I've told you I prefer the remake, right? Right, right. Or, yeah, no, uh, I don't think we talked about it on here. You where... know the the twist in Pet Cemetery, the remake? Oh, no. Go ahead and, uh, okay, full spoilers, Yeah, I guess. full spoilers. Um, if you haven't seen it by now, shame on you. <laughs> um, but uh, the twist is that in this movie, when he's trying to, um, to save Gage from a truck, right? Uh-huh. He saves Gage, right? But then the truck veers off the road and hits his daughter so his oh. daughter gets got in this movie it's not it's not the son anymore right so then pretty much what happens then she comes back right uh and is so she, the daughter then kills the wife right so they bring her back so now you got the daughter and the mother back undead, which is pretty awesome. And the husband just at their will, pretty much, right? So they both kill the dad after that. They bring him back undead. And then at the end of the movie, they're about to, like, um, it goes black as they're about to get Gage to kind of, you know, kill him and make him one of them. Pretty dope. It's a good little twist. Um, and they also include a lot of the... Um, so in this Pet cemetery, they talk about the Wendigo and how... And that the Wendigo is what is bringing back, um, you know, the things back to life. So they fleshed out like the mythology of it. Okay. Yeah. They did actually flesh out the mythology a bit more. They had to go over this like barrier in the forest, deep into the forest, right? Where the Wendigo lies. And, uh, and then in one scene you even get to see 
the fucking monster, which was fucking crazy. I didn't think they were going to go that you way. You know, that's a benefit of being a recent horror adaptation or like a remake where it's like you can add like, uh, you know, because audiences expect more out of these horror movies now. Where it's like, uh, you know, every horror movie, uh, then some of them fall apart where they tried to add the mythology to the to the thing. Like, uh, I always go back to, we always go back to Lights Out as an example, because it's like such a good movie idea that's bogged down by, it's bogged down by the origin. And I guess with all of these now, you have to have like a whole origin story in these things. You know what though? Sometimes you don't have to, depending how you weave the story, you don't really have to have an explanation for certain things um, if but, you make it nice and concise, you know? Yeah, so that that it just sounds like the, the remake benefits from having that little extra layer. Like a lasagna, you know? It's just like a little extra layer of cheese on the top. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool, man. And uh, like J- uh, John Lithgow's in the movie. He plays, uh, you know, the guy who says, oh, the, the ground is sour. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Uh, so nice. he, his story is... Right. Does he, he get knows, got? He does get got. Uh, nice. He knows about the cemetery because he buried his daughter. But his daughter came back, right? And okay. he killed uh, his wife or some shit like that. I forgot what happened, but he had to get his daughter again. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. yeah, I know. So, um, it was uh, it was cool. Um, it started a little bit uh, almost like a, a direct adaptation so I was like, oh, this is a little boring. Um, it, like, it made some changes here and there to stuff, but um, it started going. Um, it veered away during the big twist, but it, it was pretty much, you know, not scene for scene, but it was kind of Just like the first like one. A, like a note for note kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know. But again, it's the stupidity of like, hey, you bought this land, right? Right. Great. Good for you. Now, why don't you know what's on your land? So this pet cemetery was part of their land. This is why they had access to it. It was like pretty much in their backyard. And it was very annoying because I'm like, yo, you guys, like your husband's a doctor and I forgot what she did, but it's like, hey, you're pretty smart human beings. Like, why don't you inspect the land before you buy it? Yeah, that doesn't work in the 2010s. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, like, someone would have yelped it. Someone would have like gone through like 20,000 Angie's list. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Because because like the movie is the property and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because because the movie is contemporary, you should kind of kind of, you should have to add the contemporary stuff already into it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, just like you said, because it's like I get it. You want to get away from the hospital. You know, from the big city hospital and go to the small town hospital, right? And then, you know, you buy this land that's right by a road where big trucks pass by and you didn't know this. Like, even in this new one, they're surprised as to like, oh, uh, you know, that truck was kind of close to this property. It's like, um, hello, you know, didn't you, you know, know this was an interstate or something? You yeah, know no, I mean? one, no one in 2010 like in the 2010s would buy any kind of thing without researching it thoroughly that's all it is it's a it sounds like it's one of those two bigs uh it's too big of a leap of logic yeah where it's like you have to think that extra step that kind of takes you out of it but the rest of the package sounds fine yeah you know what like with horror like logic sometimes has to be suspended but 
it's good to try your best to ground the shit. Right. You know, like there, even there um, is a there is a, a a point too far. Yes, like even with the with Doctor Sleep, for example, they did a good job of doing their best in kind of making it. Uh, making this crazy story into a bit more of a um, not realistic thing, but it you know a, a bit more grounded to the earth. You know what I mean? Like uh, feasible. I think. Yeah. That's like yeah. Feasible where you would to believe the, it. Yeah. Yeah. Feasible to the point where um, you're like, oh, okay, like th- the way things are, there is not a lot of interaction with outside people um, in terms of the characters. Right. There are some interactions with. Uh, Hugh McGregor's character, right? right? Which, by the way, he does a good job as Danny Torrance. Um, he's like, uh, it's cool. He's like a grown-up guy now. He's like an alcoholic, like his dad. Um, oh man, Hugh McGregor, he's coming back for the Obi Wan show, dude. He he looks like Obi Wan in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. So yeah, so the movie begins. By the way, the movie is around like it starts off around the nineteen. It's it starts off in nineteen eighty, right? Okay. And and then it flashes forward to Danny Torrance, an adult in, like, 2011, right? And he, he he goes back to his town to clean up his act. He's, like, a vagrant or some shit. I don't think. I think he's, like, a hobo or something. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, uh, they don't say what he's doing exactly in the movie. He's, so like, he's playing pool and getting his ass beat and sleeping. Dude, yo, so, like, this is one scene, right? This one scene in the movie. So he wakes up after, like, a drunken night of... Um, of of playing pool and having a bar fight, he wakes up next to like this drunken chick, right, with like vomit all over the fucking bed, right, and this he is about to leave, and he realizes he has no money in his wallet, so he's like, "Shit, yo, this woman stole my fucking money," quote unquote. He thinks so. He goes on his purse. He takes her money, right. As he's about to leave, he hears a baby crying, right. So he was gonna leave, uh. Um, leave the baby right and this right. woman passed out and take her money and shit but he just leaves the baby by the woman um, and and like leaves her like some of the cash and just like bounces so he's a dirtbag pretty much and then he has a nightmare by the way it's like a train spotting nightmare actually which is hilarious um, <laughs> uh, with like a dead baby and shit and this woman yeah dude I'm, I'm glad I'm Mikey Flanagan's doing his thing, man. Now that he's um, got a huge adaptation, like, uh, is Doctor Sleep the kind of thing where we're gonna get another one? No. Oh, thank God. Okay. No, negative. We should not. Um, if Stephen King might want to write s- something else, it's possibility. Um, they did flirt the idea of um of um of other people, but I'm I'm hoping they close this loop. It was pretty final. What happened in the movie in terms of uh, the story and the origin story, uh, the origin of the story itself. So I think it's uh, I think it's safe to say it's pretty done right now. Yes. Um, and uh, and you know what? That's uh, that's that's all she wrote, man. Once again, go enjoy a Stephen King movie. Um, he has plenty. If you're not into horror, he has some for you as well. You got Running Man. You got Shawshank. Go watch Shawshank Redemption if you haven't watched it. You got Green Mile. This you is got you. the green. I feel tired now, boss. So <laughs> Fucking love me some John Coffee, bro. Dude, oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, my man. Oh, uh, speaking of, before we close out, uh, this will be much after the fact, but you know, we record these like a week after it happens or whatever. Uh, rest in peace to John Witherspoon. 
I just want to, before yeah, we man. close this out, like he, uh, he's one of those ones that, that hits me pretty hard. You That's know? pops, man. That's pops. He's, yeah, for me Friday. growing up, I used to watch the Bra- the Wayne's Brothers all oh, dude, the time, same. all pops. the time, religiously, my man. Same um, here. Growing up as a brown dude, you know, it was cool to uh, to have the Wayne's Brothers. That that was our show, you know. Dude, they would only it'd be the only thing they'd show on uh, the WB channel for of color. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, legit. We can say that. That was the only thing of color they had. Yeah, you know? and they played for hours. Like the syndication lasts like it would just be marathons all day, dude. And yeah, there's still some Wayne Brothers syndications. I'm so glad they're getting their money. They dude, deserve it 100. percent That yeah. show was fucking great. It was a great. It was a great, <sighs> great sitcom, man. And then Friday, the Friday trilogy. Oh my god. He in the boot put dops. some hot sauce on my burrito, burrito baby. <laughs> Oh, Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> oh, Stanley. <laughs> you can't even spell Fosacha. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That was good. But yeah, rest in peace, man. Hopefully, uh, it won't come in threes this time around. No. Hopefully, it has a, uh, you know, unfortunately, he's gone. But I'm just hoping it, it it's only that one. Yeah. You know how it comes in threes. Right. Two more around the corner, bro. Right. Ugh. And this uh, morbid podcast. Well, it's, it's supposed to be a morbid podcast, but uh, well, you know, um, uh, but yeah, I had to, we had to pay tribute to him. For no, a we have to, man. Rest in peace, Mister Witherspoon. You brought many uh, uh, tears to these eyes of joy. Thoughts and prayers goes out to the family out there. Hopefully, everything's all right with their estate. And uh, Tex, uh, you guys have a good night. Uh, make sure to check out the feeds, uh, the Instagram, the Facebook, uh, the website. We have all kinds of content all month long, all the time, just for you guys. Um, again, any suggestions, any messages, you guys feel free, please. And we're very open in communication. Um, we're very open to hearing what you guys think and what you guys want us to talk about, if there's anything like that. So, um, again, text, it's a scary roll out there, but we're here to walk them through it. Mm-hmm.